I've tried to stand right in the breach between them all and say we're brethren. And I believe that yes, and we are brethren. And so therefore I don't represent any certain denominational church, but I represent the church. That's where all of you belong. In that great body of Christ. And we're looking for that day to come when he'll rapture his church to go home. The Lord willing this week, I want to speak on some of that. On the top post is the church going, the handwriting on the wall, and united under God, and a few things of that type, the Lord willing, in this coming week. Now, I believe that this is the true foundation the Bible. I believe that God does many things that's not in the Bible. He can do anything because he's God. But I, I think that doctrine should come out of the Scripture, that that is God's uh, book to us. Now, in the Old Testament, they had two or three ways of knowing whether it was truth or not, and that is they would go back to what they call the Urine Sunday. And that's what I've been told. That was the bread place that Aaron had. Uh, text 
found over in the book of Revelations to you who mark it. Now, Revelations, the third chapter, in the twentieth verse, I wish to read this portion of the word. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and will open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and eat with me. This text of Revelation here is the message to the Laodicean church, which I truly believe that not being a dispensationalist exactly, but yet I believe that we're at the end of the Gentile dispensation. And I believe that the Laodicean church age was the last church age. And I think that's where we are tonight. And that's why I've taken this part of text. And some might say, why, Brother Brand, isn't this rather a small text for a, a group of people this size and for a convention of this caliber? If you just read just a few words and one little verse of Scripture. But you see, it isn't the size of the Scripture. It isn't the size of the reading. It's what it is. That now. Amen. Some time ago in Louisville, Kentucky, a little friend of mine was up in the attic, an old garret in the house, and he was bumming around a little lad, and he stole into an old uh, trunk. And in this trunk, he found an old postage stamp, just about one half inch square. And he thought maybe it was the this on his mind that ice cream might come from this stack, so he hurries down the street to his a friend that collects his old stack and said to this friend, I found a little old yellow stack. It's quite old, but I just wonder if this stack is worth anything. And the stack collector got his glass out and looked over a little and he quickly said, I'll give you a one dollar bill for this certain thing. And of course the little lad not expecting more than five cents. The tale was made quickly because that dollar meant many ice cream cones. So after a while we about two weeks later this collector sold this certain thing for twenty five hundred dollars. And about six months later, it was sold for $500,000. And you see, it wasn't the little stamp, the little piece of paper. It's what was wrote on that paper that counted. That's the way it is with my text tonight. It isn't the paper that it's wrote on. It isn't the size of the text, but it's what's wrote on it. It's the Word of the living God. It's so essential that all the heavens and earth will pass away, but it shall never pass away. See, God notices every little word that we read. 
Every little thing that you do for him, every little move that you make 
give you a hundred percent pure gold. Shine. All that lives body in Christ Jesus shall cover persecution, says the So the criticism, we welcome that. Because that's what we have to have to put us through the fiery trial. So this artist, when this picture was going through the Hall of Christ, there was one critic said, Sir, I think your portrait of Christ is beautiful. And I think standing at the door in the fire is anticipation of watching and waiting that someone would open. But there's one thing wrong. That is that you haven't got any rats for you to go in at. And the artist said, oh, I painted it thus. You see, in this case, the latch is on the inside. You must do the opening. Christ does the knocking. And that's the way it is with every person here tonight that's seeking God for anything. He's knocking at the door, but you have to open up. You are the one that's under control. You're on the inside to open the door. If you need salvation, if you not, receive it. Open the door. If you need healing, open the door. That's all you have to do. And then he will come in. That is, you'll notice a man knocking at a door is trying to gain entrance. And surely no man would knock at another man's door unless he had something important or something that he thought was important to talk over with the man. And great man has got the doors down to the east. For instance, back in the days of Rome, what would have happened if the great Caesar, Augustus Caesar, would have went down to a peasant's house and would have knocked at the door? And this peasant would have come to the door he would have seen who that great giver was. He would have felt trusted on his face and said, Great man, great Augustus Caesar, come into my house. What an honor it would have been for a poor man, a peasant, that had the emperor of Rome standing at his door. That would have been a great honor. Or in the days of the late Adolf Hitler. What if Adolf Hitler would have went down to a peasant's door, or a German footman's soldier's door, and would have knocked at his door? And when this soldier opened the door and saw the great spirit of Germany at that day standing at his door, he would have come to attention and would have slew him. And said, Oh, Hitler, come into my house. Anything that's in this house that you want is yours. Why? Hitler was an important man in his day, especially to a German. And the days that he was the dictator of Germany. Or I might say this. What if our great president, Dwight Eisenhower, would have come to Dallas tonight and he could have come to the house of the best Democrats there is in Dallas. 
me to your house, and I'll knock at your door, and I believe that you love me well enough. You say, come in, Brother Brown, and shake my hand and say, welcome. Well, if you told me I was welcome, just enough to duck in me, to believe it, I'd be welcome to anything in the house. I'd go and take off my shoes, sit down across the bed, and rest, and got hungry, go to the ice box, and make you a sandwich. Sure. I feel welcome. If you told me I was welcome. But when you let Jesus in, the people take a different attitude. You say, Jesus, I don't want you to let me go to hell. But I'll let you in the door, but you stay there after the door. Now, you know, in the human heart, as you come in the first door, there's a whole lot of little doors all around Let's talk of a few of those, not to hurt your feelings, but let's just talk about them. The first door that you turn to your right when you get inside. Now, that's the door of private life. Now you say, Jesus, you can come in and save me from hell, but don't you go to meddling in my private life. If you do that, I just can't go any further with you. That's the reason we never get nowhere. You're willing to accept some form of baptism, some ritual for the church, but when Christ begins to come in and tell you to put away sin that's in the tent, now you can't play cards no more, and you can't stay home on, on every morning when prayer meetings on and listen to Arthur God for that rascal. <laughs>
20,000 saved, and go back six weeks later, you can't find 20. <laughs> What's the matter? Here's the matter. They just get in with the evangelism and a big crowd of people. That's all. Amen. And the Pentecostals are getting to be the same.
At night time when that cold wind had come through, sometimes Mama called it matter, cold hitting her eyes. And it stick her eyes together. And I would be older and she'd say, Billy, come on down. I'd say, Mommy, I can't see. My eyes are stuck together. And my little brother Edward, he'd say, I can't see either, Mommy. You see, we caught cold in our eyes. And, and it got infection. And it stuck her eyelids together. And my grandpa was a coon hunter. And he used to catch coons, black coons, and take them out and he would wriggle the crease out of them. And Mama would go get that old pan, set it on the stove, that coon grease. She'd get it real good and hot and come up there and massage our eyes. And, and, and after a while, he'd get open. I don't know what happened, but it softened up the, the matter in her eyes and we could see. I'll tell you, brother, there's been a cold spell in the church. Except the substitute when the real danger at hand. 
no need. But you know what? That we have seen so much until we've lost the value of what we've got. One time there was a man going down to the sea. He wanted a little rest. He never saw the sea. He'd been raised in more or less a desert country. And he was on his road to the sea. And he said, I'm going down. I just long to smell the salt air. And you see the great flying waves as you leap into the air and break. And the heavens blue shining down on the briny water to make them blue. Hear the wild screams of the seagulls as they circle over the sea. I long to hear it in the sea. It'll be so restful for me, for I have heard that such things exist. So he made ready to go to the seashore. Just before he got to the seashore, he met an old salt returning, which means an old sailor. And he said, What goest thou, my good man? He said, I go to the seashore, sir. He said, I go to see the great waves and explain to him how his heart would be thrilled to only see those things. And the old salt said, Now I was born on that sea. He said, I was born in a ship. He said, I watched those waves for 40 years and heard those gulls holler. I don't see nothing exciting about it. You see, you saw it so much that they couldn't come. That's the way with divine healing. Someone told me a little preacher prayed for a little girl here yesterday and two three inches grew it onto her leg. By God. Mercy, that ought to set this place on fire. Hallelujah. The king is here, the great mighty Christ of God who ruled the heavens and earth is in presence and can do great and mighty things if you just believe it. Don't you believe it? Amen. Mercy, if you just believe it, have faith and say, God, if you just open our eyes tonight, let us see your glory.
the table, he gradually rises in the east and sets in the west. Right. As civilizations roll in the east and travel westward, the east and west have met together. I'll preach on that this week, the Lord willing. Now, notice, at the same light when the sun comes up and shines on the east, the same sun shines in the west. You get it? The Bible says, or the prophet said, there will be a day that will be day or night, a dismal time. Just a dismal time. We've had enough life to join churches, build an organization, five churches. We've had that for 2,000 years. But God promised in the evening time it would be long. And what is it? The same light that fell on the audience. The same Holy Ghost that fell on Pentecost. Bringing the same result. It's falling on the Western people today. Bringing the same result that it brought back there. It'll be light. And as it is looking towards the West, the old Darcy walking along there, he tucks the parcel on the shoulder. The preacher looks around, he's seen the old Gabe, and the tears are running down his cheeks. And he said, Parson, today is Saturday. And tomorrow morning is going to find me at the mortar bench. And I'm going to get me a seat on the side of my dear wife back there in that church. Then I'll remain faithful to God take my life. The parson was so happy to hear that. He said, Gabe, you know that I appreciate that. How love to hear you say that, Gabe. But for what? Caused the sudden change. Was it the sermon I preached? Was it the things that I've talked to you about the goodness of the Lord? He said, No, pardon. Coming out around that big down now, I felt something knocking my heart. He said, You know, pardon, I, I couldn't hit a barn. He said, I'm the poorest shot in the country. And that's the book hanging on me is the rabbits and birds that I got myself. He said he must love me or he wouldn't have given to me. A little simple thing like that can a knock of Christ at the heart. Gabe, I was on your gun sight today. What about you tonight? What about you that drove up a nice car? What about you that go to fine churches? What about you that sitting here in good health, not like that little child? Laying there twisting around on a cop. What about you, young lady, that's sitting here in good health? The little, little sick girl in the billionaire, little spastic looking child girl. Don't you know that God talking on your heart to say it's good to see you? This is goodness. We took Sunday dinner yesterday. I stood a few months ago in Bombay, India. Well, I was preaching to nearly half a million souls and beating that little mother to the little baby and the little baby swelled out dying with hunger. The jurors guarded that you raised out on the can with them. Yeah. Amen. You know that God's knocking at your heart and here you are. You say, well, I thought the church would have been prejudiced, indifferent, the doors closed, Oh, if this entire group of about a thousand people here tonight, for maybe not so many, if you would open every door in your heart to Jesus Christ, now, there's 
Raise your hands all over the building. 